Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, though, B? What's going on, everybody out there in War Room Nation? Welcome to another edition of War Room in the War Room, brought to you, of course, by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. What up, B? What a guan. What a guan, guan. <laughs> Jimmy should join us in just a few Look, man, the NBA All-Star Weekend is over, so it's time for the final stretch of the NBA season. So make sure you keep it locked right here as we talk about that and everything else in the world of sports. And if you want to get in on the conversation, as usual, make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the digital extreme tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show at WarRoomSports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, and most other places you do your podcast listening. What up, Kings? Um, before we get started, definitely want to give a shout-out you know, to everybody we call brother and sister show, shout out to the Broad Street Line, Roy and Chris, what up? Shout out to the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show, the homies Phil Maddock and Savad, what up? Uh, John Appetit, um, you know who you are. If you're down with War Room Sports, you're down with us. What up, B? Yo, before we get started, man, give me your thoughts on this Jussie Smollett thing, man. This thing has gotten way out of hand. Money has now been charged and arrested. <laughs> What's the deal, man? Um I mean we keep it we keep it a hundred we keep it a million here in the war room. Uh and so I, I will offer this disclaimer, my views, of course, are not necessarily representative of War Room, the company, nor my co host. Uh, so I will dive in, and, and hopefully we do not get taken off the air and thrown in the pit of the unfortunate forever. Yo. How far do you think will set us back? I mean, he didn't set the civil rights control, movement man. back. He didn't set the gay rights movement back. Yo, he didn't set, <laughs> set the gay rights. I feel as though there are some folks in that community, and there's some in all communities, but in that community in particular where – Yo, it's always about them. It's always they they have to be the center of attention. Even if you want to put this off and say that he was doing something to bring about a change or a, a just cause. Yo, nah, yo. This was one of the more ultimate selfish acts 
that I've ever seen because you took the movement that you claim to be a part of, both movements, and and essentially derailed them and took away from them with that selfishness in your act because you got to be the center of attention. Yeah, he like already got 45 tweeting. <laughs> he already got him tweeting. So it's like he puffing out his chest now. Now every time somebody says something happened in the name of MAGA, you know, it's going to be like crying wolf. Nobody believes it anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you know how it is in this country. It only takes It only takes one time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For them to act like nothing ever happens. Yeah, he he yeah. he 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 Yeah, he, he needs to get roofed for this one. This is this is beyond a JoJo, but we'll give him a JoJo. <laughs> he need to get roofed. Yeah, man. It, it, it's amazing, I mean, because the reports keep coming out and they're, and they're like it keeps going down and down every time. Um, now that he's been charged, they're saying that this whole thing was about his salary. He said at at, at Empire. Like, how did you figure you were going to give a false police report about getting attacked on the streets of Chicago? How'd you figure that was going to get you a raise on Empire? Not really sure what dude was thinking, man. But he's setting all kinds of movements back. Shout out to Jesse, man. I guess you know people would have <laughs> had he been successful. I guess this would have been the new the new twist. People go out there and fake beatdowns to get what they want in this life. But let's get into some hot topics real quick, man. Hot topics as usual. Brought to you guys by my bookie. Real quick before we get into them, let's talk about how much dough you can make betting on sports at my bookie. NBA and NHL seasons are into their post-All-Star stretches, so if you haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time for you to do just that. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Just join War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. Not .com, not .net, but mybookie.ag. You guys tired of getting a runaround from those other services when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting that B&B are still trying to figure out how the hell this goes on. So you can place wagers after the game start. If you think that's crazy, join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard that right, 100%. Just use promo code, all caps, WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer, visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. Period. All right, B. Let's talk a little NFL real quick. Because um, earlier in the week, before all the All Star festivities, we got the announcement that Colin Kaepernick and the NFL settled uh, his collusion case. He and, and, and Eric Reed's collusion case. Um. They never actually publicized the exact details on it, but the rumors are that he may have gotten anywhere between 60 and $80 million um, for settling this collusion case. Um, what's your thoughts on, on this whole thing now that it's over? 
Oh man, that um, that 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 feeling that I had about Malcolm Jenkins. Mm. (laughs) Oh, this might it might it might be ten. It might increase exponentially towards. I need I need answers. I need explanations. I was wondering. I was wondering if y'all was going to keep that same energy, B, because there's a lot of people out there who are not keeping that same energy. Oh, There's a lot of people out there who smash Malcolm Jenkins and are praising the ever-living hell out of Colin Kaepernick. I was wondering if y'all were going to keep that same energy. But why do you say that? I don't ever sit with the masses. I don't care what they feel. I need need answers at a level where... Like, I feel like this whole thing is for naught and will be deceit, deceitful because, first of all, from the gate, the MAGA folks have taken and hijacked your cause and purpose and turned it into something else. So now the fact that you can be bought and purchased means that we're like three levels away from what your stated intention was in the first place. And with the country and the state that it presently is, Yo, I'm, 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 yeah, man. I was at, I was at Brother Malcolm's throat. Listen, man, I need answers, man. You've been saying that Cap has, has, has yet, has to speak up about whether he wants to play or not. I'm saying Cap has to speak out and speak up on what he actually stands for, man. The Nike deal was one thing. I gave it a pass. I'm like, look, man, go get your duffel bag. Go get your, go get your dough, little duffel bag boy. I was cool with that. But this from them, from the slave masters, yo. And, and this is this is this is my thing right here. Settlement kind of seems kind of suspect because I thought the whole point was to expose these guys. Settlement allows them to never mm. have to admit that that was that exactly they what they were doing. They bought right, and it, but it, but it also doesn't. It doesn't take them to court. It doesn't. It doesn't force them to have to uncover a lot of the inner secrets that would have come out in a trial, you know what I'm saying, uh, throughout this collusion case. My, my, my thinking was he would have won the thing either way, so I don't understand, you know, why you end up settling. Um, I don't know, it's, but, but there's a lot of people out there that's not keeping that same energy, and this is different. Yeah. Because Malcolm Jenkins was allocated money to, you know, to 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 causes. None of this money, all the jokes we had, because I I was in on the jokes as well. But none of this money went right to this dude. None of this money went to his pockets. This is pocket money for Cap. Now, knowing Cap and what he is, I'm pretty sure nice portions of this money will go to something in somewhere that would would help. And as I'm saying, I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm just worried about everybody else out there keeping that same energy when this dude who didn't even get personal checks <laughs> written out to him was getting smashed for being a sellout. And and it's, it's yeah. just weird to me. It's, it's weird. Yo, it's a, to me, the way that I look at things, and I'm I'm a bit of I'm probably on the on the on the left side of extreme on this, but I already feel like one of the reasons that black people as twelve to fifteen percent of the population 
but 90% of the culture purveyors, creators, and curators will never, ever, ever reach balance in the United States of America is because we don't value our own causes or our own culture or our own humanity enough to demand what is due anyway. And if you can be bought, no matter how much that purchase price is, you're worth less than the folks that are paying that money out. It doesn't matter what it is. And so for me, we're, we're always quick to forgive. We're always quick to allow others to dictate. We're always quick. This is a, this is a smack in the face to me on a level that I don't believe most people will look at it for what it is. I, I, I don't, this is why we are third class and will remain third class forever. And I know that some folks will say it's not that deep and you're going off on a tangent. But yo, whenever like like <laughs> we are they can still murder us. The people that are on the air of this podcast, one of us can be killed. And in theory there's at least at least a fifty fifty shot that the that, that if the, the, the murderer is a member of the police force They'll get away with it. It's a 50, is it fair to say it's a 50-50 shot? My man stood up against that. They hijacked it and said, no, that's not what it is. And now they buy him off. They give him some millions for his silence, for his admission. Yo, yo, it's too much for me. I'm, I'm... I'm taking it where I'm probably taking it where it doesn't need to go, but that's where it is for me. But listen, here here's my thought. You know what I'm saying? Because I had a lot of pushback when people were talking like that about Malcolm Jen- Jenkins. Now, what I will say in Kaepernick's defense, okay, if you do, you know, if you make a collusion case against the you know billion, the multi-billion-dollar-a-year business that is the NFL, it's about money. Like you're you're doing that to get money. The only thing about what he got and how he got it, you know, that kind of, I'm not even going to say bothers me, that kind of puzzles me that I need, that I want, I don't want to say need, that I want answers about is the fact that he took it in a settlement. That's the only thing because, you know, if you're doing a collusion case, it's about it's about money. So nobody can really be mad that he got money, you know, ultimately because there's no other there's no other like the NFL is not going to jail, so that's not that kind of court case. You're suing them for money. My only thing is that he did not take it all the way because if he's supposed to be the face of this movement and everybody out there who felt that the NFL was somehow liable and culpable in this movement, remember, I had pushback about all that as well. But I'm talking to the people out there who thought that. If if you thought that the NFL was somehow liable and culpable in this movement, then you take the suit all the way because you want to expose yeah. something. You want their First dirty all, secrets to come out, but you allowed them yeah. to buy their dirty yeah. secrets yeah. back. Because I heard through a lot of the legal pundits, B, that there was going to be a lot of dirty NFL secrets to come you, out you, over this case. You and I, you and I are, cut, are cut from a different cloth. And so this conversation 
is almost like a Wu Tang album. Don't nobody know what 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 Wu Tang is really rapping about. It just sounds fly. <laughs> they know what they rapping about. <laughs> and so, and, and I stand by the fact that Ghost and Ray had the flyest lines ever. And I don't know what they were talking about, but I I love them. So ironically, I you know, say that because I was I was in my Wu Tang bag today. And you're right. I know. I was jamming. And I and I I'll stick up for them as lyricists any day of the week, but I don't know what the hell they talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't be knowing. <laughs> yeah, Salamander <laughs> Green, Capadonna. I don't know what that means, but anyway, that that's the point that I'm I'm making, and I'm saying I know where you stand as a human being, and how to what great lengths we will both go to be right, and so it sticks in my crawl. Because it, when you settle, when you settle, that's someone saying, I'm giving you money to go away. I don't have to admit that I ever was wrong or did something wrong or what. That's but, just, it's chaos. I can't but, but abide B, by that. You know there's people out there. Now, and, and this is not us. This, this is definitely not us. If we love somebody to death, we're going to tell you their shortcomings. And vice versa. You know what I'm saying? If if we hate somebody's guts, we're gonna be able to admit to you something that they do well. Um, it's, it's that, that's just that the way it is. But you know, quarterback of all time, and he can't play quarterback. Right, but 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 you also know that probably, and this is a poma stat, but you know, eight out of ten people don't operate that way. So once you pick a side, because our society is all about picking sides, no matter. What the issue? Once you pick a so side, that side can do no wrong, and you're going to defend that side tooth and nail. So there's people out there that saying, yeah, Kaepernick won over the NFL um, because he got this money, but these are the same people who, who called the other dude a sellout because he took some funds for some organizations that he probably still ain't even get yet, so he probably got smashed anyway. Um yeah, so I don't know. That's the only part I don't understand. There's a lot of people, like I said, we're in a side-picking society here. Look at our look at our political system. You know what I'm saying? You pick a side, that side can ruin your life, but you're still going to defend it. Like like Trump and his policies out here ruining some of his voters' lives. But if you say something about it to them, they're going to smash you in the name of Trump. That's just how it is here in America, and everybody feels the need to take a side on everything. So I see a lot of people out there who speak, you know, in, in revolutionary tone earlier when everything was going on, but now they're defending this decision, you know, now that it's that it's done. And I really, I don't, I don't understand it because I really thought that the purpose of it was to expose some 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 NFL secrets. Um, shout out to Neil in the chat room because she reminded me that Nike once again. You know, with their timing, are capitalizing off of uh, Colin Kaepernick and and his situation again. Because as soon as that thing was, um, as soon as that was uh, announced a couple of days later, they had these black Kaepernick jerseys on sale, and they've sold out so far. So you know, Nike doing their thing. I guess they need some money to get some better, uh, <laughs> some better, uh, <laughs> some better shoes for Zion. I about to say some some better materials to make some shoes for the Incredible Hulk over there at Duke. 
But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Skyview says Kaepernick won. Bottom line, the goal in the suit is reparations. Check. Now, to to get signed with the team other than the Washington professional football team. I say, Skyview, like I said, I've seen people all day who think like that. Um, I don't know how you felt about the Malcolm Jenkins situation. All I'm saying is if you were on the Malcolm Jenkins of the sellout train, then you're not being honest with yourself right now. If you didn't think that, then you're being consistent. I ain't got nothing to say to you. But there was a whole lot of Malcolm Jenkins sold out, this and that. And then when Kaepernick does the same thing in a settlement, and that's what I want people to understand for me. Like I explained earlier, if you just got here late, the only thing I'm puzzled about is the fact that he settled. Collusion suit, yes. The ultimate prize in that is money. It's a monetary thing. But if you settle, then you're letting them off the hook. So what was it all for? You know, is my question. If they get to pay you and you get to go away with some non-disclosure agreement saying, you know, none of the evidence you had can be politi- you know, can be um public knowledge right now, then I really don't understand what he won besides, you know, personal gain. And if that's your if that's your thing, fine. But there's a lot of other people making Colin Kaepernick into something, even though we you know, he's like he's been like your man mute. <laughs> with his whole situation in San Antonio, like we all just had to speculate because he never said anything the whole time. Colin Kaepernick never said anything the whole time. We're just assuming he's this, and we're making him into this, hopefully, you know, for the right reasons. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, he got we'll it. It'll unfold. It'll unfold. Maybe one day we can get dude back in front of a camera, and he can kind of – let everybody know what's going on. Eric Reed got a little bit of that money too. You know, after he just signed his new deal, he got some of this. I don't know what his percentage was in this collusion case, but he got some of that money too. And he's, you know, he was at the forefront of being Mr. Angry, you know, tried to put his hands on Malcolm Jenkins. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But, but I'm glad, you know, B that, you know, you're puzzled about it as well. (laughs) At least I'm not I'm alone in that. I'm a little bit more than, a little bit more than puzzled. I think I'm in a yeah. out. <laughs> I'm puzzled. You might be a little bit pissed <laughs> until you get an explanation on this. All right. Um, let's go to the phone lines. We got a couple of uh, people on the lines real quick. We will start out with the homie Tobias out in Arizona. Tobias, what's going on? You in the war room. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What up? Hold on. I'm screaming. There we go. Screen team. What's going on, Bill? Hey, I'm I'm curious to get Tobias's. uh, I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on this as well, because you were smashing Malcolm Jenkins a lot. Are you upset with Colin Kaepernick for settling, or are you good? He won. Well, Colin Kaepernick dumps Nessa for a white woman, Tommy Lahren. Now we got a problem. But uh, oh god. But uh, here's the thing, I think. I think that, like, there's a couple of things with this. I do believe Michael Jenkins is the black guy that white people prop up because he makes them feel comfortable. Uh, I also, because white though? people keep... Nah, or, I'm not saying you, that, What but... are you saying? He purposely makes them... Like, you know, is is he a black dude who just 
carries himself in a non-threatening way, or do you think he purposely carries himself that way so he can be non-threatening? I think, see, what, what I think is that, like, there are, like, eh, you know, let me turn, what the heck is this thing? Oh, turn this thing off real quick. But there are, there are, like, black people out there, like, when you fight for social justice and everything, there are some that keep trying to say, well, let's get into their hearts and minds, and let's see how we are worthy as human beings and all that, which hasn't worked. But I also believe Kaepernick never intended for all of this. I'm just being honest about it. And I, agree with uh, and that. I believe, I agree and I with believe that. this is a, I believe but all of this is like in. the case. He's accepted it. <laughs> yeah, and, and see, my thing is that, uh, you know, my thing is that, like, because, one, you, if you, like, a lot of people aren't meant to be out in front of these issues. They're more like actors that say, hey, I'll donate some money. Here you go. You can be out in front of it. Uh, because you already know you ain't making money fighting for black people. I don't care what nobody says. Hell, Umar jumping at his school at the fire festival of schools. But, uh, but, hey, man, Umar, Umar finally got his building, man. He took pictures of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us a hey, tour, Umar. man. He finally got his building. After, hey, like, three Umar quarters of his y'all. GoFundMe money got snatched back. I don't know how you're gonna pay hey, for it. Umar, now. Umar showing y'all an empty payless. Rest in peace, payless. But uh <laughs> That was a that was a toys that was a Toys R Us warehouse that he showed us. Yeah. Shout out to them, they on the way back, but 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 the, my, but here's here's like what happens is I was I figured Capitol was gonna settle because I believe the NFL was gonna keep tying this thing up in appeals and they were just had he's got too much money after a while. But I was kind of hoping that he would have made it at least one round, at least, to see what Bob McNair would have said. Because Bob McNair, he could tell you he was the one that dropped an end bomb, you know, when he'd be talking. But I mean, and that's why the I, I NFL think, was probably in, in a hurry because, like, I think it was you that said they had some owners with loose lips. Like, they had some dudes out there who they don't want talking in front of the, the cameras because they're liable to say anything. So they had to. You know, before they had, some of those secrets got out, they had to go ahead and do what they had to do. It, it, here's something I brought up on my Facebook. I was like, they up here, the NFL up here, worrying about and listening to Donald Trump. Donald Trump ain't the one writing the check. They are. <laughs> so think about this. All these folks listening to Donald Trump, they the ones writing the checks that his butt ain't got a cash. And and I always believe this story would not have gotten the legs it did if they just brought him into camp. Say bring him in as a backup, just let him be on the team, and this story would have gone away like Michael Sam did. And we all found out we all knew Michael Sam was an NFL player, but he was brought in, had an opportunity to prove himself, and it didn't work out. And you didn't hear nothing for the LGBT. I think it's Q now, but uh, so I think I think yeah, and so I think like the collusion thing was all about he was suing him because of lost wages, kept away from work. Now, the key is what he does with that money. Because I'm not you guys, but I'm tired of all these black people, these pet raccoons, and these white MAGA folks thinking black people could fight for social justice with no money. That's how you fight for stuff. That's how you, you got to back politics with money. You got to support causes with money. Richard Spencer is one of the most well-known white supremacists in this country. He got donors out the yin-yang. He ain't doing this off of love and prayer. So it's the biggest key is Green what team. does Kaepernick do with his money? 
612, you want to make a comment on the air? Hello? You want to make a comment on the air? Hello? Devin, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay, it's Tobias. Oh, I'm, my bad. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I had no, I was button. saying, I don't know if y'all heard me. I was going to say that the key also is that what he does with this money. Because I was saying is that if I repeat myself, I apologize, y'all in here. But was that it takes money for these causes, uh, like to back political candidates to local candidates, funding for like let's say like he did with the suit for prisoners getting out of prison, uh, stuff like that. And uh, to me, that's the biggest key. I would love to like see what would have been said. But I do think the NFL might have tried to tie him up in court like they did Tom Brady and Zeke Elliott. Right. No, I mean they they wouldn't have had a choice but to tie him up in court. Like yeah, you trying to you trying to expose some stuff that we might very well be doing. So they gotta you know they gotta get the best lawyers. They gotta tie it up as long as possible. They gotta the offer you these settlement yeah. deals to to see if they can yeah. make you go away. Without any of their important and, stuff being uh, exposed, that's what they got to do, man. And, and we don't know, honestly, we don't know how how long they talked also. Because I figure once they go to trial, and it'll supposed to go to a bench trial, right? Uh, like the case. And part of me still thinks, we're still in America. <laughs> so <laughs> that part of me still thinking that real country we live in right now. So all this, and we got plenty of cases where black people have evidence that they were innocent, and they still got thrown, like, locked in jail and the keys thrown away. Or the killer yeah. cop still was free. Uh, See, and, 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 like, for me, it's always been, you know, anybody who listens to this show knows that my one question, you know, my, my, my one issue throughout this whole thing is, like, yo, I, you know, I stand with Cap, but I don't really know what Cap wants me to do. Because Cap is not saying anything. Like, a lot of people took it like, I'm going to stop watching the NFL. I'm like, you know, there wasn't a point where Cap told me to stop watching the NFL. (laughs) He was still trying to get a job in the NFL. His man got a job in the NFL. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure they were watching what was going on. And they were trying. So I really never knew what he wanted me to do. I never never knew what he felt his role in this was. We kind of just let it go on and we made him – into this civil rights leader, this civil rights activist, um, but we never actually knew what he wanted. Like we heard rumbling sometime when his, you know, seemingly angry girlfriend would tweet or IG or something like that. But we never heard anything from Colin Kaepernick. Like he could he could come out and say something like, "Hey, I'm not Muhammad Ali. I'm not Martin Luther King. I'm not Malcolm X. Don't." You know, don't praise me like this. Don't hold me up on a pedestal. I'm trying to get this bag. And I would have been cool with it. <laughs> Just tell me, though, because I don't know what to do. And now I don't know what to think, you know, now that it ended this way. So that's that's yeah, the only and, thing. Uh, yeah, if people talk not watching the NFL, I hate to break this, folks. The NFL already had got their money when they signed that deal. <laughs> uh, you know, but it, and, that, and that's the crazy part about it is that the NFL already had their money. Nike, Nike's a corporation. They're going to capitalize this. If they could make n- 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 Nike MAGA shirts, guess what they would do? They would do it if it's sold. 
hate to break it to folks, they would do it. There's a reason yeah. Gucci has black face yeah, uh, turtlenecks yeah, in their cell. They made the bet. Their bet was based on the fact that they they see screen sport, sport culture, urban culture, and hip hop culture as one, and it's pervaded by black folks. Not so much that black folks are valuable intrinsically as human beings, but they're valuable okay. as purveyors of of culture that pushes money and consumers. So that that was the bet. That, that's all. Hey, can I, I I gotta call out somebody. Actually I gotta call out black people on this one. The same a lot of these black folks love them. They ain't watching the NFL or they are mad at the system or the same ones big up in uh Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is best friends with Donald Trump people. But yeah, somehow he's allowed to play both sides of the fence. Uh <laughs> you know, that's just something right there that boggles my mind there. And and like we talk, Kaepernick playing again. I don't think he's playing again. Nor do I think he should want to play again. Because I believe I mean, playing his lawyer, again. And if he his, thinks of the, yeah. His lawyer or his agent, one of them said after the settlement that it's a high probability that he be signed in the next two weeks. And he, he even named a few teams, with the Patriots being one of them. Do you really think Coon Newton? I mean, Cam Newton wants him on the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but here's the thing. I believe it would it would actually potentially hurt him if he went back and wasn't any good. I'm not saying he was great anyway, but maybe I gotta, maybe I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it all the way one hundred because and only and mostly because I'm already on record because all people have to do is go back and listen to this show while he was in the NFL. I didn't really think he was any good. But, you know, he became my favorite quarterback because of the stand that he took. But when people said to me, oh, he's, it's not because he took a knee, it's because he's just not that good. Like, in the back of my mind, I thought people had a point, but I knew they were saying that with malicious intent. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it's like, I wish I wouldn't have to bring that back up, but, hey, I'm on record. People can dig it up, throw it in my face. Yeah, but. yeah I know you guys got to run, but the good thing about this whole Kaepernick story was that it sh- it had to make you pick a side, and you knew where people stood, yeah. and uh, and you knew it. And I've always been like, I like my biggest and coons up front. I don't want them high. Hey, I like knowing who I'm hey, dealing man. with. Because like, like, look at Jason Whitlock, for example. Now, when he talks about the NCAA paying players, hey, I agree with him. I actually hate agreeing with him, but on uh, a certain thing. But hey, that, don't you hate? Don't you hate that? Don't you hate when Jason yeah. Whitlock says anything that makes any sense? I'm like, damn, I don't want to agree with this. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing was, they were talking about. Well, he wants starter money. Show me the like. Why no one ever told him? Those black people on those sets ever say, well, show me the proof that he said he wants starter money. Show yeah. me right now. Or he said he wants this much money. Show me the proof. And, and yeah. we let, as a people, we let that stuff fly a lot. We don't challenge nobody when stuff like that happens. Because guess what? It may not be capped, but what if someone says that about you and your regular job or your life? Mm-hmm. All right, hey, man. Hey, well, hey, 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 I'll make this real quick yeah. before you go. Zion Williamson should sit out the rest of the season. You did your time. I think you should sit out the rest of the season and get ready for the draft. And uh, and stay off those on um, Bojangle blueberry muffins there. Peace. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week, Tobias. We're gonna talk about right, that uh, Zion thing in a few minutes as well.
That's a, a very interesting topic. Let's go. Let's take one more call because uh, we've been waiting for a while. We got David calling in from Minneapolis. David, welcome to the war room. How are you? All right, how are you? <laughs> All right. Um, if I could say I had a totally different perspective than the previous caller, and I thought he might some um, borderline ignorant statements and some false statements as well. And the first four, first issue I have with him okay. is continual generality of people. He often used the words white people this, black people that, this and that. And anyone to me who engages on generalizing people in that way, to me, already comes into question what type of logic they use. Because in every group, whether they be white, black, Jewish, Hispanic, whatever they are, there are good and bad people in every group. And in mm-hmm. life, you learn at the end of the day, you have to look at people as individuals and go off of that individual regardless of whatever racial background. Because, I mean, you find good and evil in every single group. It doesn't matter you know, what their background may be. And when it comes to the issue of black civil rights, it's, hilarious. it's interesting to me how African-Americans seem to consistently reject or forget the notion of who actually ended slavery. Who actually is the ones behind signing these legislations for civil rights? It's like, it's like you're saying it as if black people did it and there were no white people involved, when the reality is it was done almost completely by white people and black people played a minimal role in both situations. But do you and think that, that the people, yeah. you think the white people that ended slavery, do you think they were doing that for the benefit of blacks? Because the well, they, story they is a lot them. different than with what's taught. Because it goes before the Civil War. You're referring to the Civil War. I'm talking about the abolitionist movement itself. The abolitionist movement, when it began, it was done by white people who made basically those time pamphlets, which they circulated amongst the American people. And it showed people illustrations of how slaves were being treated. And for many people, it was the first time they'd ever seen it. Because remember, back then, people didn't have TVs. And so people had no idea how people would be living in other parts of the country or other parts of the world. So that's how the abolitionist movement grew and it spread. Sure, that's what those sure. things were part of the Underground Railroad and all those things. All white people that were doing it. And so my point, the reason the I abol- brought that up is, is when you generalize abol- a group of people and say white people are this or black people that, that's to say that one an entire group is good or an entire group is bad. That's totally untrue. Because there was a lot of good um, white people who played an instrumental role uh-huh. in setting the slaves free and in getting civil rights. Without them, it wouldn't have got done. That, that's, a, that's a fact. I can agree with that as, as certainly being fact. Um, there, there's certainly good and bad amongst all of us, but I also think that we can agree that the overarching culture of uh, this country has always been in Unfortunately, may remain white supremacy. That's completely untrue. I mean, how do you define white supremacy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I define it by what we see in the White House and some of the behaviors that are indicative of of who he is, which no, also I, I, reflects I, I, what's the your definition. Are you saying white supremacy based on the fact that America's seventy mm-hmm. percent white? Or are you saying it based no. on what, like? Or no, 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 no. Are you saying no, because no, 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 okay. definitely not, definitely not based on the number uh, of people that live here. Because believe it or not, a black person can be a white supremacist. White supremacy is a culture. So people that okay, so I define what it is. That's why I'm asking you. Got you, got you. So white supremacy would be a commitment to keeping white people in at the head of the power structure of this country. 
and commitment to that. That so are you talking politically here? What and what when you say power structure, in what way? Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's politically, I think it's civically, I think it's economically. Okay, so yeah, let's define politically. So are you saying that there's not black elected officials and black government bureaucrats? Uh, uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we could go back to the statement that I made. Because of your ethnicity, that does not mean that you are not uh, sub- a subscriber to white supremacy. So those ele- those same elected officials, hell, we've had police officers that are black that have killed right. other black people, right? So, but, oh, so, then, but so you're, you're referring to an ideology, oh, oh, then oh, that's oh, your oh, issue. One more thing. We've had black people that were overseers on slave plantations, right? So we, we, we've that's, seen that's cases. That's not the same as a black politician or a black police officer. That's two different things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, so basically, uh, what mean, you're really saying is this: your issue is not then; it's not about the skin color of the person. What you're talking about mm-hmm. is what their ideology is. That's what you're repeating, uh-huh, right? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so what's, absolutely. What do you consider the proper ideology for a black person to have? Is what based on what? The proper ideology. Uh, I don't think that's a monotheistic. Uh, um, Way I, I don't think there's one ideology that all black people should have or one ideology that all white people should have. But I do think that there's commonalities in the way that humanity should be viewed and people should be treated generally. And I think that should permeate the culture, the dominant culture of a, a, a country and society. And I haven't seen evidence of that consistently in, in our country, unfortunately. And so have you seen any evidence that America is improving or changing for the better, let's say, over the last 40 to 50 years? Over the last 450 years? No, I said 40 to 50 years. Oh, 40 to 50 50 years. years. Yeah. Um, Changing for the better. Um, I mean, there's always going to be small changes. I, I wouldn't call them wholesale changes myself. I mean, everybody's going to look at opportunities that, quote-unquote, minorities might have in the country now and say, you know, see, everything's getting better. But for the past 40 or 50 years since we want to use that, it's it's kind of, and it's more obvious now that the ideology has just been suppressed publicly. Because if you look at how a lot of people feel comfortable now, it seems like we're taking a whole lot of steps backwards. Okay, because, you know, people, are you trying to say that between, people don't fear being out in the open? In 2019, you're telling me there hasn't been a market improvement in the state of affairs for black people as far as economic opportunity, equality, rights. You're telling me there's been no substantial progress in any of those fields at all. So, no, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think anybody no. can say that. Um, oh come on, brother! You can't being be serious, honest, man. I know I don't think anybody can say that if if they're being honest. But what? that's what I'm saying. That's what people are going to point to. Like, oh, there's more. There's more economic opportunity. There's more this and there's more that. that that's what that people were fighting that, for in the civil rights movement back in the 50s and 60s. That was the whole point. Okay, but no, are, are you going to tell me that? Are you going to tell me that everything is? You know, we're living in a utopian society right now. Well, a utopian society is never going to exist because there's never been one and there never be one because human beings themselves are flawed. I'm talking about an improvement from where we were to where we are now. You tell me there's been no substantial progress. You actually think it's the same as it was 
1965? No, it's not the same as it was in 1965. Okay, so it did, so it did improve then. Okay, so what's your point? Yeah, I, I said to that, you that, two that's seconds a big ago. Deal because that, I just said, wait, I, mean, I just said to you. America, I just said to you two well, seconds ago. I said if somebody says that it didn't improve, then they're not being honest. But now I want to know, you know, what's your point? Where are you going with that? There's well, they, still a whole lot of problems. Because America is, is basically an experiment in this whole multicultural, multi-ethnic society that we have, which is unique in human history. There's not, there hasn't been a lot of countries like America where you have all these racial and ethnic groups living in one country together. Almost everywhere else in the world, people are usually homogenous, ethnic, you know, ethnic-wise, racial-wise, religion, and it's, you don't see a lot of countries where you have a big melting pot like here. And so here we're trying something that's unique, and human beings fundamentally in their nature are tribalistic. That's why human beings yeah, we would have been we would have been much further right. ahead than where we are right now. If not for all Based the things that we just mentioned. There's never, we have no historical example to compare to say, look, we could have been further along or we're ahead or behind because there's no other country in history you can point to. But, but we, do, we, do know, we do know right. We do know I mean, right, we just we treat know everybody right like human beings. We could have been much farther. Yeah, well, <laughs> which, well you're saying <laughs> that is the bottom because, line. Because what you're not talking about is the tribal nature of human beings. Human beings around the world. Let's let's go let's go to Europe, Africa, and Asia, right? Where people are homogeneously racially the same. They all are black in Africa. They're all are white uh, in Europe. They're, and they're all, all black Asian, whatever skin color you want to use. Here in Asia, but even within those countries where they're racially homogenous, people separate and go against each other based on ethnicity, based on whatever particular culture groups they belong to. Like in Asia, as an example, people from China they've had a, a long-term beef with people from Southeast Asia like Vietnam and Cambodia, and they despise each other. The same is true for the Chinese and the Japanese. Like, I happen to be African myself. I'm from a country called Ethiopia. In our country, we had a long ethnic tensions between the Amhara, the Tigray, and the Oromo that goes back thousands of years. And so everywhere in the world, people constantly form these groups, and they come together, and then they go against these other groups. And if they're strong enough to, go, to conquer the other group, they'll subjugate the other group when they have the power to do so. That's consistent mm-hmm. throughout all of human history. And what I'm saying is in America, for the first time you're actually seeing a society even try to make the attempt to create equality. That's unique because no one else even tried. Other countries, you either it, you have it, to fight it. for it, either you earned it through war, or if you didn't, or if you weren't strong enough, you became subjugated. In America, I, I, actually I, I understand fully what you're so saying. You got being, Otherwise, you're not being honest about history. But being from the ethnic group who has consistently gotten the short end of the straw in this country, I can't have the same positive outlook as you. I'm not saying <laughs> have a positive outlook. I'm saying be honest about things <clears throat> in the sense that white people did not have to free the slaves. They didn't have to have a civil rights movement. They could have done the opposite. Actually, they, they, actually they, they did. Literally but, did the exact but, opposite. But, but, so listen, the freeing of the slaves, freeing yeah, of the slaves yeah, was economical. That, that was economics. That wasn't because we all of hold on, B. That's not because we all, you know, everybody got together and said, "Oh, this is wrong." Slavery ended to stop Western expansion. No, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the only case. You can look at the political voting records at that time. And you had about 95% of the Democrat Party at that time voted to keep slavery in place. And it was about the exact same percent amongst the Republicans that voted against it. The Republican Party was formed as a political movement to bring slavery to an end. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, the I, abolitionist you're, you're, you're movement was 
you're absolutely okay. right. You're absolutely right. And then also, what happened after? Let's, well, let's put, what happened after the Civil War? The Republican Party. He's, 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 he's right as far as the party. He's right as far as the party structure, but no, for no, no, the no, actual reasoning, that was, that was a large. That's a large percentage of white Americans. They weren't trying to abolish slavery because it was the right thing to do. Well, yeah, they were, their, their primary motivation was that it was ethically wrong to do that to a person. No, in fact, the Republican chairman, the Republican, uh, the Republican Senate leader, gave a speech on the on the floor in Congress about how yeah, the treatment of black people were equally valuable. Wait a minute, the Democratic leader then attacked him and hit him over the head with a cane. That happened on the Senate floor. Wait, so David, are you one of the people? Are you of the thought that Abraham Lincoln is a hero? No, I'm not saying any. I'm not saying Abraham Lincoln is a hero. What okay. I'm saying no, I'm is, just, I'm just, well, we're, okay. we're, people need I'm to stop to... painting with a broad brush and trying to make whole groups of people oh, 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 out oh, oh, of this or that. That's not true. Things are much sure, more. Sure. David, sure. my people have been painted with a broad brush since we were floated over Aaron James. Excuse us if we're a little. And then turn around and do the exact same thing <laughs> to other people. If you, if you and, know and, that and individually, wrong, individually, I don't. Right now, my, you know, the okay, only reason so I'm giving point. you a rebuttal is because and, I'm trying to get you what to I'm understand you should, how a lot of people. You should at think. least give America some credit for the fact that it's actually attempting to create an oh, egalitarian oh, oh, oh. society. When so, number one, sir. it didn't have to. What if the sir, white people in this country decided that sir. they decided not only to keep slavery in place, but if any, like, for example, any black person that opposed what they were doing, to forcibly remove you from this country? And to tell you to leave sir. under the threat of sir. killing you. What if you did that? Why would you sir, forcibly sir. remove your free labor? What do you mean you forcibly them over here? I'm talking about post slavery. What if they decided every disgruntled black person that doesn't like the current system, you can go and we'll have you leave this country, otherwise, we'll kill you or imprison you if you don't? Sir. What if they decided sir. to do because, that? Route? Because and after slavery, after slavery, they were still getting. David, because sure. after slavery they were still getting free or cheap labor from these black people. Again, why would why would you forcibly remove your free or cheap labor? No, no, from I'm talking country? about passing civil rights legislation. They could have never done that. They could have kept you in a permanent huh? second class status with no voting rights, <laughs> with no rights whatsoever. But what you're saying to you is you're acting well, they like tried white for a long time. You're, no, you're telling us to give them all like the credit as if obligated they, all right, to, Dave, to we, let you, we let you speak, buddy. We let you okay. speak. They, you're they. asking us to give them credit as if we didn't fight for that on our own. But you did it. That's my point. We didn't fight for voting rights. We didn't fight for uh, no. I'm talking about, about slavery. I'm saying you didn't no, fight no, no, for and independence. I, and I'd like to slavery. go back. I'd like to go back to that point, David. You, 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 you actually. Um, there's a little bit of a fallacy that you're you're perpetuating. So. The Republican Party part and the northern part of the country embraced the Industrial Revolution long before the southern part of the country. And as this country moved from being an agrarian society to an industrialized society, there was no more need for slave labor in, a, in an agrarian society. So the need for slaves or slave labor had changed completely, and those in the north that were that were employed were typically white folks who were working in factories, so they had nothing that they could relate to with regards to slavery in the south. So that was the 
No, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about how the what the policies that the Republicans put in place after the slavery and after the Civil War. You can look in 1872 and 1875, the Republicans passed the Civil Rights Act and the Enforcement Act, which gave black people full civil rights and the right to arm and defend themselves. Along with that, they passed bills for reparations to give to black slaves after the Civil War. The problem is what people forget is what happened in 1892. In 1892, Grover Cleveland became president, and the Democrats took control of both the Senate and the House. That's when the Civil Rights Act and the Enforcement Act were both repealed, and at the same time, the Jim Crow laws and black codes were instituted. But people, because people don't understand the political history of America, they just had this weird, I call it historical revisionism, where you try to project whatever you feel onto America's past to justify your current belief system. But, but you, but you made, you made a, you made a, com- you made a, conver- you made a comment about emancipation and the reason that emancipation happened, and that wasn't that's not true. I, you made listen, that I said you, to you that the Republican uh-huh. Party was made up consistently uh-huh. of people who fundamentally opposed slavery. That's and it was proven after the Civil War because they passed bills like the Enforcement Act, the Civil Rights Act, and they passed bills for reparations right after the Civil War which the Democrats fought tooth and nail against. And then the Democrats, 20 years later, bought those bills in the 1890s when they took, out to, took control of the House and the Senate and they had a Democrat president. That's historical facts. That's not my opinion. Okay, that's a point of fact you can look to and reference and check for yourself. Now, how do you explain that? But, but, but well, how would you explain the, the change from an agrarian society to the Industrial Revolution and the lack of need for slave labor? I would like that, you to address that. That, that has nothing to do with why the Republican Party decided to pass a civil rights bill, an enforcement bill, and to and to and to had a bill for reparations. They didn't have to do that. If, if you're okay, going, and, then what, if you're and what did with, those bills? What did those bills do for black people exactly? It gave them civil rights. It gave them the right to arm and defend themselves, and it rewarded them it, reparations. That's that's my point. It did until 20 years later, the Democrats got rid of it. Well, how would they be able to get rid of it countrywide? Because the, because the Democrats took control of the House, the Senate, and they had Grover Cleveland became president. That's how well, they how did it. They, they had control. How were they able to wrest control of, of the House if they didn't have the support of, of a large majority of the, the people? That's because if you know anything about American political history, it always goes back and forth. There's never been a time when one political party had permanent control of the Senate and the House for an extended period of time. It always rotates. But you cannot deny the fact that we had an entire political party that was for that. Not only that, if you go during that same time during the late 1800s, you had in Texas the, black, the, the Republican chairman of the state of Texas was black. Same was true in several southern states. And that you had black elected you know, officials both in the Senate and the Congress all over the Republican Party. In fact, the Democrats, their argument against the argument that Democrats had against Republicans at the time was that the, that the Republicans were the party based in their words of niggers and carpetbaggers. That's what they said. That's true. You can look at the posters of what they had. Why was lynching so prevalent? to this conversation. What is, what is the overall point? Are we saying that? No, that's a, and, and David, that's exactly what I was about to ask you. Like, I understand. Okay, you're giving facts about some about, about bills or whatever. I still don't follow the point that you're trying to get to because you yourself are saying that this was a 20 year period. Like, what did this do for black people? 
in general? What, like, what are we supposed to be thinking? What are we supposed to be thinking white Americans for? Is the point that what, I don't get? No, what I'm what saying, saying is that in America, you had some white Americans that opposed black people and wanted them to be subjugated and wanted them to be in a second class status. And you had another group of white Americans that opposed that idea and wanted black people to have equal rights. And but we, we agreed 10 minutes ago but what that I'm saying they're is the good and evil color, people. On, but that's on, not, that's not what I, the previous caller was projecting that all whites are like this. And you said yourself, this country's culture is based on white supremacy. That's ridiculous, man. Because that's trying to say that the majority of white people are racist and that they oppose black people. That's not true. Well, well I didn't say that myself, no, but I'm no not saying that I disagree either. And think about it. If America was such a white supremacist country, why does America allow millions of brown and black people, mostly whom coming from third world countries, to immigrate to their country. Like I said, my family immigrated Deep here. Labor. America allows for more than a million people to immigrate to America on a yearly basis, the majority of whom happen to come from third world countries that are black and brown. How, how could that be the case if this was the, what you were saying were true? I mean, but right now we're trying to build walls with, to keep them out. No, that's, that's having to do with illegal immigration. That's different. That's a separate <laughs> issue. I'm but, talking about legal immigration. Are, I'm saying America allows for more than one billion legal immigrants that come to America every single year. The majority come from poor, you know, third world countries that are black and brown, like my family. And I'm and telling again, you that and again, you, you, what and you want to do they, is they still you're trying to make America out to be like hey, wait, the let, let them Dave. That one is, okay, go ahead, Jimmy. No, no, all, all, all I'm saying is they still operate within the same system. You can say whatever you want to say about people coming over, but the resources are still with only a few. And the, the, the resources are with those black and brown people you're, you're speaking of. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that as a, as a black man today in 2019 that you can, you know, come through your mind and through your hard work and effort and whatever talent and skills you may have that you can't come up financially? Are you serious? That's that's I, that's not what I said at all. No, we've we've that's already proven that to to be true. I mean, but that's not what that's I what still don't that's follow what, your point. That's that's what, your your point sounds a lot to me. Some of the stuff that you said today is 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 giving me the impression that you're saying we need to be more grateful to white people. That's what I'm getting. No, at. I'm saying you need to be more appreciative of the fact that number one, that there actually were white people who wanted to change things when they didn't have to. Number one, they could have kept it exactly the way it was and told you to f off and kick rocks if you don't like it. Because there's a lot of white people that feel that way. And if and if it was that's true that the majority that, that, felt fine. that way, they would have did mean, that. And you know, well, what, I mean, think fine. about it. What if every what if cops went out and just killed every black person in this country? They could do that. That stuff happens in a lot of parts of the world whenever a certain ethnic group is out of line. Like in my country, when the Amharas were in power, that's one ethnic group, they persecuted and subjugated the Oromos, and they killed a lot of them whenever they would act up. Whenever they were supposed to so, defend so, to try to create an equal society, they but, would just go around and murder a whole bunch but of them. Your, your overall point, what I'm trying to understand, it sounds as if you're saying we should be grateful Grateful for what? Do you think that we live in a system? Well, well number one, you oppressed? should be grateful for the fact that you have more economic opportunity and freedom than the majority of the world today, and definitely more than what your forefathers had before you. And you should but be grateful for the fact for that, that you have. What do you mean? Well, that's what I keep, that's my be, point. Like, did we not fight for that? All, my first of all, first well, what do you mean by we? First of all, you didn't fight for that. People that were before you fought for that, and people that were black and white. My ancestors, my. But the people count so as don't, we. Don't say we. 
When you say we, you're trying to take credit. We didn't we as black people. I'm not changing that. So, I I mean, we can get off of semantics because I'm not changing that. Didn't we as black people fight for that? Nobody just gave that. No, you. Your forefathers fought for that. David, enough with the semantics. I'm not changing off of that. That's an important black people. You are a beneficiary of the work that other people did. All right, we're not going to get it. And, and I'm, gr- and I'm grateful for saying, that, but you're trying to tell on, me I should be down. grateful because of some, you know, the people who oppressed us gave us, they threw us a bone. I, never told I should you be, be grateful, grateful for that. The that yes, I'm grateful, I'm saying for, that were I'm grateful for the black people before me who fought for that. We. But it wasn't just black for people. There was black and white people but, that did it. And the pirates that did it were white people. Kudos to the ones who helped. Kudos. Listen, listen, listen. For, why, why should I be grateful gotta, that my forefathers had to fight for rights that I should have been born with? That they right. should have been well, born with. Who said you? Who said that, that you should have been born with that? You're living in another people's land that you were brought over to as slaves. Oh, this is you're their not, land you're now. Your this is country. their land now. This who, is their oh, land hold now. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was we're living on stolen land, David. We're living on stolen land. So whatever they conquered it. The point is that they formed a country and they brought people over here. And it's so, different so, okay. when you talk so, about being you're, in your homeland so versus you're not. It sounds to me that you're okay with oppression. This is stolen land. I'm not okay with oppression. What I'm saying is that you're, you're, you're making it seem like people are obligated to create an equal or egalitarian society <laughs> when they don't have to do it. If somebody's well, when in their, when power, their country, when their country on their land and their constitution says that's what it is, then that should be what it is. Yeah, but if, but if they three, decide, if they decide that it only applies to them a man. and it doesn't apply to you, that's, that's their prerogative if it's their country. That's my point. You're acting like they it's had to have, equal, have an equal society. They, they didn't have to do anything. Nobody has to do anything. Nothing you're saying what? can would lend itself to saying that you're not okay with oppression. You're basically telling us because they loosened up the vice grip on your neck a little bit, your ass should be grateful. You should be thanking the white people. And every time I bring up the fact that Listen. my people fought for this, died for this, you want us to keep thanking the white people. That's the part I'm I know. saying that I don't understand a where large you're number going. of white people coming along and actually being part of that, no change would have happened. If it was just black people, nothing would have changed. First they didn't of all, that's obvious. David, that's obvious. There's no change. There's no change in 2019 that's not. Listen, listen, listen. There's no change in 2019. Jimmy, let me. There's no change in 2019 without enough white people being involved. You're not going to pass any legislation. Again. Okay, but we're telling you the same thing. In 2019, nothing would change if there weren't white people involved. Who doesn't know that? Of course, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you can't say that all one group of people are good or bad. First of all, I didn't say that. You already addressed the other caller. He's not here to defend himself. But we're going to go over the foundation, the point I'm making, and why I said that even in the civil rights movement, you had to have. Whites and black people doing it. It wasn't like a homogenous group of people that did it. But that's and obvious. If have, and if you didn't have a large enough number of white people engaging in it, it would have never had any pro- progression. David, in whatsoever. the country that they conquered, in the countries they conquered, that's obvious. It, even in 2019, that's obvious. Nothing then, 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 is change. Nothing happens without so, without so, white people. So, so but I'm, that's the I'm point. That's the point that we've been making the whole time. If you don't find that to be oppressive, listen, David, listen, listen for a second. We've let you talk longer than any caller in the history of this show. 
if if you do not find what you're saying to be, you know, basically oppressive, then I don't I don't know what to tell you. Listen, 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 David. If we're living in a system where black people can only get ahead with the help of white people, then you're proving our point. I never exactly. listen to yourself. In, in today's exactly. society, you by your own effort can, when you're talking about making money, you can come up yourself and do it. I'm is talking about political money. Movement. Is life just about money? Listen, politically, is life just about money? Because first of all, people are only thirty percent of the population. You're ignoring you enough people in a democratic society to move forward. You need more people to join That's you. Not, That's a numbers you're, game. You're but 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 David, if the society was humane, it wouldn't matter what color you were. It wouldn't matter what color you were in a humane well, Dad, society. For a no, no, I'm, I'm addressing the point that you made that you said that black people can't do anything without white people helping them. I'm saying if you're talking politically, you have to have white people join along with you to do something. Just to have okay. What's the most powerful Hold system on, in, in America? The political system. Well, let me make a point. Because Everything's because not about money. You're, you're using... You're using that whole adage of you'll pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you're ignoring history. You're ignoring you're ignoring the racial wealth gap. You're ignoring what led to the racial wealth gap. You're ignoring years of oppression. You're ignoring redlining. You're ignoring things that put people in a position to control most of the resources. <laughs> so to say that we're all on an equal playing field is kind of ridiculous. It's, it's, it's basically it's, it's, are you kidding me. I work with people day in and day out that don't have the same opportunities that are born here. That others have because of resources. What are you talking about? And David, no matter how much money a black person makes, they're still a nigger with money. Like, what are you that's thinking? just that's like, just the bottom line, man. About? If you look at the uh, country, most of the wealth is concentrated with a small percentage of people. Oh, uh, he dropped you off the line. Finish- All right, well, I, you know we're always here for it. <laughs> <laughs> We always here for Yo, it. I, I knew, David, I knew, if, I knew David Jimmy, if you're out there, because you know, let me make something clear though for anybody who's out there listening. We don't do, we don't do the hang up thing. Um, he he dropped somehow. Wait, here he is. We're gonna wrap this up, but we're definitely gonna let him back on because we don't want to, you know, want him to be off the line because he was disconnected. Yes, David, you know. Sorry, sorry, all right, we we gotta we gotta wrap this up so we can move on. First of all, you know, before you make your final points, I want to let you know this: we appreciate the dialogue. Don't think for a minute because you know we're having a debate that we don't appreciate the dialogue. We appreciate anybody you know who can call in and speak intelligently and and have this type of dialogue with us because frankly, more of it should be had, and a lot of people shy away from these type of talks. But um, we can go maybe two more minutes, but then we got to move on. So go ahead and make, David, make your final point, points. I just want to make a point. I know you heard what I said before you before you got disconnected. All I was saying is you're, you're going with the whole you can put yourself up bootstraps, and that is ignoring a lot of history. That's ignoring the racial wealth gap. That's ignoring the opportunity that people have because of resources and how resources are concentrated within this country. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the front ends working with people day in and day out that don't have the opportunities as others. Because of resources, so it's not as simple as just saying you can, you know, come up with something and do something, whatever. It, it, it's just not that simple. It's very nuanced, and it, it's kind of like, you know, I, I don't understand how. Maybe you don't see that because I don't know, like, what your, what your experience is. But I see that. I know people both sides okay. of the tracks, and believe me, there's two different Americas. 
Right, and so the reason I think that way, the reason I have that pull yourself up by the Bushas mentality, first and foremost, happened to do with what I saw my own family do. So my mother, for example, she was an orphan in our country. You know, her both her parents and all of her siblings were murdered during our government during our situation with the government. And all that was left was her and her younger brother. They grew up in an orphanage where they were abused and mistreated. They had to run away and live on the streets by themselves just to get by. And my mom, when she came here, she was a teenage mother. Didn't know the language, didn't have any money in her pocket. And, I, and she could have had, she had every reason to be a victim. She had every reason and excuse to not have to try hard or not have to do anything. But instead, what I witnessed her do was work three jobs, bust her butt, only sleep maybe three hours a day, while at the same time going to school, saving up money. Eventually, she owned her own business, got to the middle class, owned her own home, several cars, achieved the quote-unquote American dream. And I've seen a lot of other immigrants like that from Africa, from Asia, from the Middle East, come to America, and they come here with nothing, and they work and they grind. A lot of them start out working bottom-end jobs like janitors, driving taxis, the bottom-end stuff, and through their hard work, dedication, and discipline, they grind and they work their way up and they come up. And what I'm saying is that every man on this line needs to understand fundamentally as a man, you're supposed to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps because at one time, there's going to come a point where you're going to have children who are going to depend on you. And they're going to depend well, on you me, to me, feed them, me, to clothe them, it, to shelter make... them, and provide for them. So if you as a mm-hmm. man are not pulling yourself up by your own blue chefs, you got to call in the question, off. what type of man are you? I don't, I don't understand well, how off, a man let me, doesn't let me think comment, that way. Let me, let, me comment, let me comment one thing. First off, um, that's a great story. Um, and I, I also come from the inner city, and I quote-unquote pull myself up to the blue straps to the point now where I employ – several other people but at the same time what I understand is some people don't have boots to begin with and you can make the analogy of people coming over here from different countries but the one thing I don't know if you're African American or not I don't know if you're African American or not but we face different obstacles than even people who are quote unquote foreigners because of that system of white supremacy and, and all the stereotypes that are associated with someone African American so you know you have a great story, but, but so how are you able to come up? I can guarantee you. I can it? guarantee you within that story, it's not about being a victim either. What I'm saying is, I, although I but I mean, how did you I come up? How did you I understand. Do it? I understand others, and I see their plight, and I understand depression, and I see people who have resources who didn't have even the things I had. Even no, but that's not my question. My question is, how did you come up? You said yourself. You were able to do it. You were um, able to own your own business. Because, now, because honestly, honestly, we're because uh, manners and education, because someone took the chance and someone uh, took time to help me out, basically being a mentor. Okay, but did somebody now, give it to you, or did, were you able to do it with your no mind? No one gave and with anything. Work no one gave me anything. Uh, no one gave me anything except for some knowledge. The knowledge exactly. So, so you were able to do it by using your matter. brain and by working, right? But what you don't understand is some people. Hey, David, don't you have, really have, have to knowledge. visit some. I mean, I don't. I don't know where you. Where you. You know. Well, you. You live in Minneapolis, I, I presume. You really have to visit some inner city places, man. It is not as easy. I have visited. I've been to Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, Boston. Listen, what I'm saying is this: is that when you give Dave, people an excuse to fail, you better believe they're gonna, that that increases the likelihood they will not, fail. But it's not about. It's not. A, it's not about excuses. Listen. I, I, well, when you give them, when you give them the resources to fail, 
it's more likely that they're going to fail. People well, pulling themselves up I, for, by their bootstraps, like your mom's story is a great one, but I think you should start looking at her as more of an outlier than the norm in America. That's not an but outlier. Like, I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of African-Americans that came up the hard way. Some of my best friends okay. growing up. Okay, and I do too. And, and, and I do too. Homes. That's great. And, and I do they, too, they, but there's people. I do too, but there's millions of others who don't have the same And if you can do it, then how come another black person can't do it? Because some people don't even have the first of all, knowledge. Uh, first of all, I'm not sitting it. here saying that everyone is, an ex- is as exceptional as I am. <laughs> that's a joke. But that's my point because you're an individual, right? <laughs> Before you're a black person, but, but you're saying, you. You hey, have your hey, own hey, brain. Hey, you have your own hey, intellect, hey, your skills, your talents, your abilities, right? Hey, hey, some people go to schools that aren't worth Go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. This is not about going to school. I'm talking about who you are as a human being. David, I take it you're not African-American, but what I can say is because of where I do my work in the inner city, in the prisons, I know people that are still literally suffering from slavery that, that it, 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 they don't have the knowledge how, how to even know what to do. How can someone be suffering from slavery now? Because they still don't have resources. Their family has been poor since. And my point you don't is have they to have resources have to start out, man. My family didn't have resources. A lot of people in this country, <laughs> when they start out in life, they don't have resources. But they um, work, listen, and they use their brain, and they come up. You're talking, they, they, listen, you're talking about Jim, someone going Jim. to get a job at the lower end as a janitor. Some people Jim, don't even have Jim. access to jobs Jim. like that. They're, oh, they're, come they're, on, man, stop lying, bro. America's got a unemployment rate. So you, you think anybody in America can go get a job as a janitor right now? You think America's got one of the lowest unemployment rates in the entire world. You're crazy, Everybody can't just wait up and say, I'm going to go be a janitor. If you can't make it in America, how would you survive even one day in 75% of the world where they don't even have clean water, where they don't even know whether they're going to get food the next day? You talk about Michigan doesn't have clean water in America. Listen, you live in a country where poor people are poor. What do you know about poverty? You don't know nothing about poverty. You're saying we don't know anything about poverty? Yeah, I'm saying American people do not know anything about poverty where you live in a land that the poor poor people are so fat. You have have poor people that are fat in your country. How is that? How could that happen? You said we have poor people that work. You you take for granted the food that you have every day to eat that most people in the world don't. Can you listen for a second? You know what any of us know. You don't know anything about our life or what we've done in terms of travel or what we've seen for you to make statements like that. Now you're taking it too far. You're telling us what we've done. How am I taking it too far? I'm saying America has a different level of living than a lot of the world does. Do you know where my family's from? Do you know where my family's from? I'm not talking about you as an individual. I'm saying America yeah, as a whole. Yeah, he's speaking about America no, 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 in but general. You, said you, said you know nothing about poverty, is what you said. Yeah, I'm saying Americans, because you don't have the level of poverty that you see in the majority of the world, does not happen in the United States, man. David, I, I, I understand. David, I understand that it's levels to it, but you can't say someone doesn't know anything about it because they haven't experienced poverty. Of course they don't. We know how many Americans take for granted the fact that you have hot and cold running water, electricity, heating, cooling, not you don't, all these things. Not if you live on the streets, you don't. Most of the world. Let, let me let me say this, and, and, and I'm going to address this, and, and then definitely we, we've got to close this and move on. I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, your call, and this is something you, you may or may not acknowledge as an African, and there's something that occurs in America 
with African Americans, and you would have to study it from a sociological as well as psychological perspective. So in Africa, by and large, no matter how poor you are, there is not a war that is waged on your culture. And so from your culture, you take and accept value systems and things that are right and wrong. And so when that culture is applied to a place where there are resources and opportunities, that culture thrives. One of the things that happens in America, number one, as general, if we take out race, right, and just speak in general terms, there is a limitation on what would be considered organic indigenous American culture, right? And so there has always been a war on black culture in the United States of America. One of the reasons that foreign people are able to come here and thrive is there are things that they, their culture and culturally they believe in from day one, whether they're in their native land or whether they're here in the United States. And you'll see older people from other cultures that look at the youth because as they gain wealth and they gain things here in the U.S., they tend to lose touch with that culture that actually helps them. And David, I, I live in one of the, uh, the, the the wealthiest cities in the country, in Philadelphia, in terms of income, um, numbers just came out in, in, in terms of having the most six-figure earners within the city. But within that same city, I can take you right now, I was there earlier this week, to, to an entire neighborhood of people who live in a tent. Literally, they don't have running water. They don't have shoes. They live, on, they live in a tent in one of the wealthiest cities in America. So and, and, and how many of them are drug addicts? How many of our drug addicts? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't take a number. No, I'm telling you because most, everyone, most of the homeless in America is, are, are homeless because they got involved in drugs. That's the reality. Oh, you my God. No, oh, that's a fact. No. That's a fact, dude. Yes, it is. You have veterans who fought for this country out on the streets. Like, that's there's different. No, that's there's because no a lot of veterans suffer from PTSD. And they have psychological issues that they suffer so with. So it's always their fault. It's always their fault, huh? It's 100%. Well, I mean, listen, what in I'm life, saying, in what life whatever is... situation you're in is almost always based on the life decisions that you make. You, you're telling me you're no, not personally not responsible for your life? Not, no, that's just not, that's just not true. That's just it not is? true. Listen, guess, bro, guess, Dave, if it's Dave, not Dave, for Dave, you, do you, believe, do you it's your parents. Dave do, you believe, Dave, do you believe everyone in prison is guilty? Well, say that again. Do you believe someone in prison is guilty? I would say the majority of them are, yes. <laughs> yeah. Are oh, you telling me the majority of the men in prison are innocent? Are the crimes they committed? That they were framed? I'm not saying. I'm not so saying then what are you saying then, bro? See, what this is the type of person you are. You want to excuse people, and what's your, you're I'm someone that doesn't believe in personal listen, responsibility. Listen, I believe in personal listen, responsibility, you, man. Listen, you, you, you listen, David, you we are the epitome of personal responsibility. Again, so then why, 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 why would you, you, you have no idea where you're against personal responsibility? Because we understand that there's a system of oppression in America, and it's and there always have been. Are, only thing, are you, are only you thing we're dealer? saying to you, you like we understand. Listen, listen, listen. We're giving you props for all the work, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, your family, and all of that. We're just telling you that. 
that's not realistic for every single person but in that's America. What you, that's what is expected of every human, especially every man. That's what you're expected to do. That's what it means to be a man. It's one thing if you're talking about women. Women, you can hold them to a different standard. But as a man, you're supposed whoa, to stand whoa. up and raise up by, by your bootstrap. Whoa. That's what you're supposed to do. Off, hey, there, you better. In, in, off, in today's off, climate, man, you better not say. You, know, you shouldn't off, say stuff like that. No, 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 you know, you know what I mean? I'm not disrespecting women. I'm saying that men. Traditional gender roles. What I, what I, traditional. What I'm saying is, listen, no, I'm not. It's not true. I'm talking area. about facts. Men are I built to be able to go out and work, grind, use your brain, think logically, come up with solutions when you got a problem, and solve them, and do what you got to do to survive. That's what it means to be a man. Dave, listen, just, just listen to me for a second. Listen to me. I grew up in a neighborhood where cops would put cases on people for no reason, and actually one of them got arrested later on himself for putting cases on people, putting them in the system to the point where they couldn't get jobs. They couldn't pull themselves up because of their criminal record, something they didn't do. I'm literally saying right, for every example that you can people. give of that, when, there's also a lot of other black men that decided to be drug dealers, that they decided to murder people, that decided to steal, that well, decided to be that pimps. To do? What does that have to do with so those you that So you, can't, you can't negate the fact that there are people that make bad decisions in life. And when you make yeah, that, but, but, but David, all you're what doing, saying, all you're doing saying, is pointing to the other side. You've given no acknowledgement. No, but of what, what I'm saying is, you're, you're, because I'm I don't talking, believe in excuses. I don't excuse people. You make ex- you like excusing people. I don't so believe that. If he just told to you you're not that he's, he's to seen me. with his I'm own eyes police, he's basically seen police put cases on people for no reason. That's an excuse. No, what I'm what saying in that case is wrong, you did was wrong. To the I'm other side. What, what happened to that person is wrong, but that doesn't excuse all the other people that decided to engage in crime oh, and self-destructive behavior. No, what I'm saying is for you, that's for exactly you what you're doing. You're trying, to, you're trying to mask that and say because there are police that frame people, therefore now we can excuse all these other black men that decided that's to sell drugs to their own people, shoot their own people, and rob their own people. That's exactly the root of what you're trying to do. You want to excuse black criminality by saying it's not their fault. Listen, you're, you're, you're not even listening to what, what I'm saying. You're using a strong argument. You're not even listening to it's what I'm saying. It's not a strong argument. That's a, I've that's not, a big – because we talked about prison. You're, you're uh, making when you ask me the question, David, you're no, me, nobody well, excuses black criminality. You may have come a little bit later, but we started the show talking about somebody black who – should be, you know, in trouble no, with the law right now. No, I heard that. You're talking about Jesse Schmollett with the whole yeah, thing. I got like, that. No, if, if he did something, he shouldn't be excused. So no, right, I'm saying he's trying to give you another perspective. He asked me the question, of, do, I think, do I think that a large percentage of the black men in prison are guilty? He asked me that question. I said yes. He then laughed. Why did he laugh? Because he thinks that most of them are innocent. I didn't no, say I don't, that at all. I don't think I that. Most I, of I, I, and then, I why, then why did you laugh? Why did you laugh when I said, yes, I believe most of my guilty? Because I laughed because I know there's no point in me asking a question. I already knew what your response would be. That's exactly why I laughed. I didn't think okay, so are you, are you telling me that the majority of the black prison population are innocent men that were framed by the police? That's not uh, at all what I'm saying. No, no. Okay, so I'm asking you. I want to give, what, what give me a ballpark is, what estimate is, from what your own mind what I'm saying between is zero to one hundred. What percentage system, of black men in prison were framed of the crimes that they were committed that they were actually innocent? I, said, what percentage I have no think? idea. I, I have no, no idea. Just guess, I guess by your own, like based that. on your own understanding. What do you think that number is? Just by your own opinion. I have no idea, but you don't let me. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is, 
Even if oh, you don't want to answer it because it's going to it's going to show the flaw in your logic. Because That's I why. Don't know no, the David, answer. he doesn't want to make up fake numbers like you've been doing. I'm, I'm not saying we don't want to make up fake numbers. I want to say we are not going to we're not going to put. I'm hey, asking hey, you to give hey, your hey, personal hey, opinion hey, based on your hey. view of how America is in the criminal justice system. I want we you to tell me what you know. think is the percentage. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. I'm not asking we, you to give me the actual know. number. I'm just wanting to know what you think the number is. We, I can, we can definitely no. reconvene after some some research. Everybody can reconvene. We can do. No, we have the point. I'm not asking you to give me what the actual number is. We can do it on another show. I just want to know. I just want to know how you view the criminal justice system. David, what I'm saying I, is, I'm telling you right now, I got a feeling you probably think more than half of the black men in prison were framed and that didn't commit the crimes that they were no, accused of. I don't, I don't I think that. that. Didn't okay, say that. Didn't say that. Okay, I don't think that. You know what I can tell you? You think it's less than half of them? This is Devin. This is. Let me speak for myself. I don't believe more than half the men in prison are are innocent. What I do believe, I believe more than half of the men in prison are on trumped up sentences. Okay, Where, well, define what you mean by trumped-up sentences, so that's something they didn't do. Uh, no, no, no. Trumped-up sentences meaning getting, uh, getting a lot of time, getting more time for the same crime where somebody— Oh, you're referring to the white, nonviolent drug offender thing, right? It, violent, nonviolent, I'm just talking about sentencing. That's all I'm saying. So you're, uh, so are you, you're talking about I, people I, who get more sentencing for being bet. a drug killer. I would—I'm sorry? Are you talking about people that get harsh sentencing for drug dealing, right? That's that's what the majority, the so-called, the we, we're talking, talking about, about prison. I didn't know we were talking about specific crimes. You you asked me about prison. You keep moving the goalposts back. Well, I'm just, I'm addressing your point. When you talk about harsh sentencing, that's usually applicable to the so-called nonviolent drug offenders. That's what we're talking about, right? Okay, we that's can talk about no, nonviolent offenders. It doesn't have he, to be drugs. Drugs he, is not the only crime he, in America. Well, the, that's, that's, the, that's the primary period. reason of that's the that's the majority of the black male uh, prison population is affiliated with either drug dealing or some type of violent crime. You keep making um, assumptions. What he he was David, making assumptions. The, the rapper overall, Meek Mill was just in jail for a two to four year sentence for popping a goddamn wheelie on a motorbike. Yes, I, I would bet that more than half of the black men in prison are there on trumped-up sentences. Their sentences okay, so, are so egregious. Do you, do you believe in the FBI's? Do you believe in the FBI statistics? Do you think they give reliable statistics when it comes to crime? Do you think FBI gets reliable statistics? Yeah, because I'm talking. About, do you think the government gives reliable statistics when it comes to crime? If we're going to talk about uh, information and data, no, uh, I, I, no, no, I can't. No. Okay, so sorry, sorry, but I can't really trust the government. So what's a valid really trust the government information as you do. that we can use to evaluate crime and who's committing crimes or what type of crimes are being committed? What's a reliable source of information to go to that? Um, David, David, I would like to, I'd like to give a, con- a little bit of Oh, I knew you weren't going to answer that question because uh, there wouldn't be like a reliable to, source. Like to, I didn't, I didn't hear the you just, all you're left with is your subjective opinion, right? Too many people at the same time. I didn't hear the question, actually. No, my question is, you're telling me that the government, Jimmy, let me hear the question. Let me hear the question. You asked him for his opinion and then said you're going to just give your opinion. That's what you asked for. No, he didn't, he didn't. Yeah, I asked him a direct question. He didn't give me a direct answer. You asked for, for you, you did you not ask for an opinion? We we told you that we did not know no, no, exact that's not numbers the question I just what we're talking you. about. That's separate. I that's a, that's the question I asked you five minutes ago. I'm talking about the question the I just asked you right now. The last question I heard was, do I think the FBI gives accurate uh, statistics? 
And I said, no, no I, I don't know. I asked a, yeah, so after you said no, I asked you a follow-up question, and that was this. If that's not a reliable never, source of information, address, you never let me finish my question so then you can, you can say whatever you need to say. You want to keep moving the goalposts. You want to keep no, moving I'm, the goalposts, co- David. Okay, I, brother, I chill, chill for one second. David, here's the – it's obvious. Let me, I'm, I'm talking to the other brother right now. Just give me one second because he just made it. Let him ask me a question, John. Okay, so when I asked you that first question, you said no. I said okay. So my follow-up question to you was, if the FBI and the government is not a reliable source of information on crime statistics, what is a reliable source of information that we can look to to determine the number of crimes that are committed, who are committing them, what type of crimes are being committed? Where do you think is a reliable source of information for that then, if it's not from the FBI and not from the government? I can't give you, a, a, I can't give you an answer on that. So then I don't that know. We don't have any data. I don't know who's giving accurate information. What my okay, answer so to then, you was, so then there's no, was, way no I know. don't trust the FBI. I'm pretty sure okay, you're so telling then, me that the FBI will give us accurate information. But if I don't What I'm saying is something, that because I don't see any other reliable source you can look to, if you're telling me that's not the case and you just admitted yourself there is no other reliable source, then how do you know anything about what's going on in the criminal justice system? At all, you just left with your personal uh, because of the work that because of the work about, that we do because of the people that we I speak do. to. How about from the work? Yeah, but that, but how, how many people are you talking to? Maybe the work that we do, the people that we know. I'm not saying that address that is that address the millions of people that are involved in the criminal justice system. How many people are you talking to? No, it does not. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a follow-up to that very question. Did I ever sit here and say I had? Accurate statistics on anything. I refrain from that question, but you won't let it go. Like, how can you? I sat here and admitted to you. Then how can you admit to me that I don't want to pull? I don't want to pull statistics out of my behind that I don't know to be accurate. I told you that already. How can you make any legitimate critique of the criminal justice system then? Because because of the work I do and things I see with my own eyes. Yeah, but you what just you admitted yourself about? you're only dealing with a small listen, number of listen, people. Listen, listen, you're not dealing with the listen. entire, the millions and millions of people that are in, inside the criminal Who justice system. I was dealing with that? What I'm saying is I've seen Then if you're only dealing with work. a small number of them, you have no idea about the entirety of the system for you to be critical of it Nor if you're not basing it on objective data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the yeah. whole system could be thrown away. Listen, historically <laughs> speaking, I know the whole system can be thrown away. It's never been fair. It's never been fair. And oh, you can so keep trying to make shouldn't have, to shouldn't have law enforcement all together, right? Because I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. that you just, you just, you just said we should throw away the whole system. Well, what does he mean by no, that when he said we should just throw away the whole system? We don't need it. He means that the system isn't fair, but nobody said, oh, we don't want law enforcement. No one said that. I never said we shouldn't have law enforcement. What are you talking about? You keep taking my statements. Because I'm talking about criminal justice. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about criminal justice as a whole, right? And, and that's fine. Exactly. What that I'm involves law enforcement and that involves imprisonment. What is your experience with criminal justice for you to say that it's fair and people are criminals? What is your experience? Well, my personal experience believe, happened to be in you, my you city believe, when I saw in, in the mid-90s, when I saw a peaceful, harmonious community get destroyed over one summer when we had a massive influx of gangs from Chicago and St. Louis moving to our city, and our city ended up having the highest murder rate in the country in 93. I witnessed that now, firsthand. My, so me, unlike you, unlike you, I don't victimize thugs. I don't victimize gang members. We witnessed the police blow up a whole block of houses. 
and they had nothing Listen, to do with gangs. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. And that's wrong gang too. Why do gangs? Why, well, yeah, why do gangs exist? Because, just because the why police do, do something exist? wrong doesn't mean you're going to turn around and excuse a gang member that shoots and kills people. Why do gang members exist? Why? Why do the gang members exist? Because of their own selfish greed and ambition. Okay. Okay. See that that's what that's where you're that, that that's just wrong. It's just wrong. You hey, think that most people would man. choose that route? Hey, let me ask you, brother. Let me ask you, brother. Have you have you ever known anyone whose family member got shot and killed by a drug dealer or a gang member? I had a sort of neighbor yes. that shot another neighbor in the head for murder who's sitting there right now. So yes I have. You don't know what right, my that, and that and that happened that happened to my brother. My, my brother was shot by a gang member. Okay? And so okay. I know firsthand and I've had a lot of close friends of mine that were killed, that died in my arms during gang shootouts in my neighborhood. So I've wait, seen wait, 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 And if you're telling so, me, if they, you're going to defend they, gang they, members, one second, and you're going to defend let me criminals, interject. something's wrong with let you, bro. Let me interject. Let me interject. Let me interject. Wait, wait, Jimmy, Jimmy. Not let me Jimmy. interject one second. Because when we tell you something off our experience, you make sure you let us know. That doesn't represent the millions of people in America. So if we're not allowed no, to give you, no way you can experiences, then I'm sorry if we're going to ha- – I mean, like, what are you saying? Like, everything that you tell I'm us – I'm saying you can't, can't defend criminals because this brother over here was trying to defend them. He was trying to defend gang members. I don't know how you can have a whole conversation on you listening saying. to. When this, did I, I defend I heard every word he said. He said David, to me, why do you think they're a gang member? Like, he, like there's a legitimate excuse for why someone would be that. There is no excuse, well, no, bro. What I'm saying there's no excuse for picking up a gun and killing to people. Everything. There's an origin oh, okay. to everything. Hey, listen, if you everything want to victimize criminals, go ahead you, and victimize them. Can you them. just listen to me? Can you just listen? I'm not victimizing anybody, but what I do know is when a baby is born, it is not born with the intention of being a murderer, a killer, or a gang member. There's something that has had to happen in that life to make someone choose that life. Should they be punished? Absolutely, yes. But what I'm saying is we never get to the root cause of anything. When people are born, if a baby is being born right this moment, that baby is born with the idea to be a gang member. Something must have happened. What I'm saying is I do work in the prisons, right? And I've seen kids that, you know, if, if given opportunities, they could have lured knows what they could have been. Some of them are brilliant, and some of them are evil. But at the same time, what I do know is that society plays a part in that. You don't want to put the blame on anything. You think that it's your choice, and you don't recognize the systems and things that have put, been put in place kind of change things. And that's just, that's, it's, it's, actually, it's actually terrible to see, but at the same time, I do understand that, you know, everybody has well, a different Well, just, just apply your logic to yourself. If somebody has shot and raped your mother, and then in court he <laughs> argued, Judge, you know what, I grew up in a broken home. My mother was a crackhead. You know, I, I grew up in a racist, white supremacist society. I didn't have the opportunities. And so, you know, my actions should be held to the same account. And then the judge decides, I'm going to dismiss this case because of those factors. Would you accept that? Hey, Dave. If that hey, happened Dave. to your if family? You, if that's, well, well, Dave, first, Dave, well, Dave, Dave, if that's off, what you got off, out of what he just said, again, you aren't listening, and we're all wasting time. I'm listening carefully to what he said. He talked about that's what you got out of it, and you're not listening. Dave, yes, Dave, I am. Did I not just say, did that, I just not because just say you're born poor, just he because you're born in a broken home, should be punished. He said they should be punished. If that's what you got out of it, then you're not listening. My point is that just because you're born said, in a bad situation. I understand what you're saying, that they should be punished. So that applies in every aspect. 
that means that they're fully but, understanding of what they're doing. I don't care how bad no. your life was growing up. But, but, but Dave, let me explain something. Dave, because we really got to go. Dave, let me explain something to you. you're not listening. Dave, the only point that you say is who calls. The only point that root cause is What I'm saying is the root cause is irrelevant to the choices that people make. Whatever the root cause is, there's no excuse for someone to pick up a gun, shoot somebody. You got to let us talk, dude. You got to let us talk. David, let us Listen, real quick, Jim, before you say something. If you are a criminal, you should be What I said was we need to look at the root cause. Maybe we should stop criminality. Like, my thing is if you commit a crime, go to jail. You should be murdered, whatever. But at the same time, let's stop stop with whatever that is that's creating criminals. I'm not saying anything I, I agree with that. Should be punished. But you would have agreed with it agree two with minutes ago had message. you been listening. Had you been listening, no, I, you I, would I have said that two minutes ago. He wasn't, but listen, Dave, 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 he wasn't saying root cause. Dave, listen, dude, he wasn't saying root cause as in, okay, this individual criminal should get off because of that. He he was saying that because he was saying if we get to the root cause, maybe we can stop all of this before it happens. But you didn't let him do that. You gave us the example of the individual. He said that he he went in prisons and he worked with people in prisons. And he said himself, some of them are good guys that had they had resources and opportunities, they would have been different. And then he says some of them are evil. So there are people that regardless of whatever resources or opportunities are given to them, they're still going to go out and commit evil and hurt people. Yes. Is that not true? Is dedicated to trying yeah, to but you can, still, you can still do something evil. to stop them. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the majority of them are evil. The majority of them are not good guys. Have you ever shot anybody? Have you ever shot anyone? If I did, I wouldn't say it on. I wouldn't say it on this show. <laughs> no, but I'm but saying. I mean, think, I mean, no, no. I'm just asking you. Think about, think about what it would take. I know. I was, I, in my bad, my bad. I shouldn't ask that question. I know. So that, that's wrong. I'm, I'm talking anybody, about. We've I'm never saying. Hey, Obviously, think hey, about what it would take hey, for you man. to be willing to kill another human being. Well, what would that take I'm for you to do that? Self defense. I get what I get. That I'm talking about not involving self defense. I'm talking about somebody who had nothing to do with you. It would be. Okay. It would be damn near impossible. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, when you grow, again, I'm not making excuses for criminals. But what I'm saying is, I've seen people that come from environments where their 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 whole governor, so to speak, is broken from the beginning because they grow up in a family of violence where that's just acceptable. But at the same time, that's what they. Again, they go back to the fact that when someone is born, they're not born with the idea of being a criminal. All I'm talking about is, if you are a crime, if you are a criminal, you should be punished. But we need to start working on to stop allowing those that aren't just born evil to become criminals. We need to work on those problems. Dave, listen, right, But I'm the saying that's, that's, that's never, not we're the never, case. Listen, Dave, listen to me for a second. Dave, 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 we're never going to... I told you before, one of my best friends growing up was grew up in probably the worst situation he had. The guy was, his mom was a crackhead, dad wasn't there. His older brother was a big-time drug dealer in our neighborhood, and he decided to take a different route in life. He I, made the I, choice I to say, well. and he decided to go, and he took his education serious. He went on to the University of Michigan, became a civil engineer, and is now working with the top firm. But if I you looked at his life situation, well. so that's my point. So even well. in that situation, but but, but people can I'm make saying, decisions is, one way or the other, yes, which way they want to take their life. Everybody isn't the same. 
team, and I guarantee you, even with your friends, that's my point. There was Some people we, make bad decisions. Some people no, make good no, decisions. No, but listen, and no, there's constant no, it's not, it's not, decisions not, you make. You're, you're trying to simplify. You're trying to simplify something that's more nuanced than it that. It is that simple, bro. If you if you not, take your education no, seriously, really you have, you really increase the really likelihood isn't. that you'll have a successful really life isn't. growing up. That's a fact. It really isn't. We have to move on. It's We've been talking today for like an hour. Oh, come Dave, on, bro. Okay, you, I, you been, guys. I really appreciate your time. You, no, no, no much. doubt. You have been, you, you've definitely been the, the longest. You, you might as well be a guest instead of a caller because you've, you've been on the show longer than anybody else. Look, we do, like, we, we would love to have this conversation. If you have a pen or if you can remember it real quick, just take down my email address and, you know, okay. we, can, we can get together. We can hook it up. But it's, it's simple. It's just my first name, Devin, D-E-V-I-N, at warroomsports.com. Just send me you know, an email so I'll have your email address. And, okay. you know, maybe because we do, like I said, we have a podcast network. So maybe we can do one of the, like, political shows that we were uh, thinking about doing, and we can have you this until we all turn blue. But we we definitely appreciate your call. Did you get the email address? Just D-E-V-I-N. Yes, sir, I got you. Yeah, Kevin okay, at warroomsports.com. Just shoot me an email, and we will definitely continue this. All right? Absolutely. Thanks again. You guys have a good night. All right. No doubt. You too. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to have to change the title to this of, of this one. But, no, it's it's hard for us to, to turn away. I know everybody out there. In the chat room, they're like, yo, what are y'all doing? But it's hard to turn away from these type of conversations. So we did let we let the homie Dave hijack the show, <laughs> and we got like 15 minutes left to salvage any sports talk that anybody uh, called in here to listen to. Um, let's talk real quick about the whole Zion thing, and then we'll move on to some of the more important things happening in the NBA. Um, I'm sure you guys, everybody saw um, less than, shoot, less than 40 seconds into Duke's game versus North Carolina, Zion Williamson went down with what they're calling a mild knee sprain. Um, but as he was going down, he he totally, like, incredible hulked out of his Nike shoes. So Nike is taking a beating on social media right now. And all the pundits who weeks ago were saying – Zion Williamson probably should shut it down and get ready for the NBA. His point is proved, proven. They're getting more, you know, they're getting louder at this point. Do you guys agree with all that? First of all, what the hell is wrong with his shoe? Is it just a product of him being 280 pounds, an incredible Hulk-looking fellow who moves differently than the rest of us? Or was it, you know, Nike sweatshop practices coming to life? And do you guys think he should shut it down after this injury? Oh well, uh, I'll say something. I thought the beat was going to chime in. Um, I think it's an interesting topic uh, because at the end of the day, um, oh, I don't think he should be playing there right now anyway. Uh, so for me, I would, I would shut it down. Um, so you were like, um, you were like Scottie Pippen a few weeks ago. You felt that he should, he should be shutting it down anyway. Listen, man, I would shut it down. I, but I understand both sides of the argument. But I mean, but I don't understand the uh, the side where. He should be thankful and out there playing because Duke gave an opportunity, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, man, he's already proven what he did on um, what he can and, do and at that level. 
tickets for that particular game, Jim, were going between like mm-hmm. four grand and fifteen grand for that game. Yeah. They had yeah. they had Barack Obama in the first row with his forty four bomber jacket on. I'm pretty he sure he got his joint free, before. but yeah, we're flexed, but okay. But um what I'm saying is <laughs> I just I just feel like uh at this point you have nothing to prove. And you know, some people say he wants you to be there with his teammates for the tournament. F O H. Um you gotta <laughs> you gotta uh, secure your future because all the same people saying that will be the same people on the other side of that argument. If he tears his ACL bus. in the NCAA tournament, saying that, <laughs> oh man, he shouldn't have played, you know, because yeah. yeah, and then and then when he goes into the league at half strength and he's not playing like the Zion we know, everybody's gonna be quick to call him a bust. And I told you, and this and that, so you know how that goes. Yep. Yeah, so, I me, mean, I'm shutting it down. Shut him down, Chuck D. I definitely think that Nike deserves it, JoJo, and here's and here's why. Cue it up. Yeah. A little bit of that is because he is 312 pounds and has a 48-inch vertical. I know he's not 312, but, you know, I'm going to go up every time I say it. Um, he might be. He might be, though. Yo, I've never seen nothing like But he's a, he's, he's a defensive lineman size with safety athleticism, and it's like that's not normal. A shoe goes through more wear and tear. He puts Shaq like wear and tear on shoes, and we know that guys like Shaq and NBA players get specially made shoes. Well, Nike, you got the money to trickle that down at this point to a prospect that you want to woo to wear your shoes anyway. So the whole Duke roster should have specialized shoes. That shouldn't be what goes on the show. Uh, I don't know about that, B, but I did explain that to somebody today. I was like – I'm not that shocked that it happened um, because, you know, people were saying, well, we don't see this kind of stuff before. And, you know, when I brought up his weight, his height, and how he moves, somebody was like, well, LeBron James, this and that. Well, I was like, well, LeBron James for the past 15 years has had his own shoe, you know, his own shoe with Nike. When you get your own shoe, you know, and you help design it, they're going to make a shoe that basically fits your movements, is going to fit your foot, no matter how many other people buy it, that's probably why I think LeBron James's shoes are so uncomfortable because he and I just have different feet. So, well, first off, when he signs a contract with a shoe company, I think you know they're going to tailor a shoe to his foot, to his movements, and stuff like that. No doubt about it. That's why I'm like, I'm I'm not shocked about this. I'd be shocked if it happened. You know, once he got his own shoe. Because, you know, once they know what kind of movements he's going to do, they're going to reinforce the shoe in certain positions where they think his foot is vulnerable. But in college, I don't think – I mean, I know it's Duke. I know that's a high post program. But I don't think colleges are going to go out of their way to make specialized shoes for every little dude on a college team. I'm not shocked because – I'm shocked because I've seen this happen up Gustine Lake in a pair of Nike. I've seen this happen on the court before, like – this this is this isn't like a rare thing. I guess it's rare to happen on that stage into that kind of player. But it, I mean, it's not it's not that it doesn't happen. Is my point. It happens. And I heard he put on a dunk fest in the in the pregame. So it was a little more than thirty three seconds of wear and tear. But yeah, I mean, I'm not taking up for Nike. Your shoes shouldn't be exploding after thirty three seconds of play. But <laughs> his joints is exp- yo his somebody, whole somebody, yo his whole somebody, leg came out the shoe. Like his ankle was like hanging somebody, out the shoe. 
Somebody check his family. Somebody probably was short Nike in the stock market, and they just like, yo, watch this. <laughs> nah, they probably ain't pull itself by them type of bootstraps. They got no stock. But um, yo. Uh, yeah, so so we'll keep an eye on that, man. I, most of the people that I've seen talk about it, they do believe that at this point, especially, that he should be shutting it down. Even people who didn't agree with it back when Scottie Pippen was saying it three weeks ago, they think at this point, okay, the what if did happen. <laughs> so at this point, he has a very big decision to make. He, the kind of kid that he's proven to be, I have a feeling that he's going to want to be gung ho and be out there with his team and all the stuff that you know. B. Austin said. He's going to be – that's what he's going to be about. But even I, at this point, think, I don't know, depending on what your family situation is, dude, you know, if if you weren't – you know, if you were, if your family history is that of oppression, then he probably should shut it down so he can get that bag for his family and pull Yo. everybody up. Pull everybody up by his Timberland straps. Um, Yo. So what <laughs> – Oh, I'm 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 all in now. Um, quick, 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 quick birthday shout outs, man. Braylon Edwards turns 36. Oh, and I got this for B. He said Nike should get one. Yo, that's for Braylon Edwards. That's for Braylon Edwards too. Yeah, <laughs> Braylon turns 36. Chad Hutchinson. 42, Stevie Franchise. Steve Francis turns 42. Alan Trammell, Yo, that Jojo up again for Stevie. Bob Ryan, 73, and, and RIP to Jack Ramsey. Um, um, even though, you know, we, we, we're we going to talk to the homie again. Um, but but I, I can't leave my man Dave out of here. But, B, it's not like we don't have – it's not like we don't have experience in that too. We we always talk about the stereotype, and I'm gonna throw the air quotes up for everybody who can't see me. The stereotype of Africans coming over here by choice and looking down on African Americans mm-hmm. who were here not by choice and who yeah. through history has been, um, you know, oppressed. So I'm not surprised I'm by a, his, his opinions. Go, We've heard I'm them all before. I'm going to go a little further and, and make a distinction uh, because I've encountered, I, I've encountered that from folks from that continent in general, but that particular area of the continent, um, a number of those that I've encountered, they don't even consider themselves black. So yeah. there's a little bit different. It's even a little bit different than dealing with somebody from Central Africa, South Africa, <laughs> West Africa. You, you, you think Bull did? Yeah, <laughs> dude doesn't just um, he, he ain't one of y'all. All right, so y'all did y'all thing, hear? Like, oh, go ahead, go ahead, No, no, I, I, I don't. I wasn't on the for the whole time to even hear where he's from or what have you. But I just know that um, you it, you can't tell someone who has a certain experience not to feel how they feel or challenge what they've seen. Right? It's kind of what's going on in the world now with um women like pretty much standing up for themselves. It's difficult for a man to tell him you shouldn't feel that way because X, Y, Z. I'm not a woman, so I can't tell mm-hmm. a woman how to feel based upon her experience. I just can't do it, and it's disingenuous. And it's kind of what I, you know, um, I appreciate dialogue, but at the same time, like, you you can't do that. Yeah. Bull hijacked our um, 
<laughs> yeah, I jacked the show like a nine eleven plane. Um, did y'all hear Dame Dillard, uh, Dame Lillard? Um, did y'all hear his <laughs> what he was basically saying in the midst of you know players forcing their way out to kind of super team up, force their way out during on trades? Dame said in an interview, he said, "I do want to win championships, but it, but it's other stuff that means more to me. Um, it's almost like I'm not willing to sell myself out for that." I heard those comments, and I immediately thought, like, uh-oh, Brian and KD, they're not going to like this. It's going to be some beef with Dame Lillard, whether, you know, we see it or not. Um, but anybody understand where you're coming from? You agree with him, not agree with him? Or y'all anyone think he's going to force his way out of Portland and go do something? Anyone else? understand? We've been saying this for, ten, for a decade and a half. Dame Lillard, my favorite I player think- now from forever. We, think, we've I always disagreed with Jimmy, though. Jimmy, you think he should force his way out of Portland and get the hell out of there? I mean, at the end of the day, Dane maybe said that because ain't nobody really asked him to come play with him. Um, <laughs> and he also, like, and, and he also, also could be saying that because he's looking around and he realized that maybe he's stuck because didn't Dane get a contract already? No, Dane yeah, does it. have a contract. Yeah, so I feel, yeah I mean, but, feel you like know, so did Kyrie, though. so did Anthony Davis. So, um, yeah, that's true too. That's true. They like, let's get up out that's of true here. Too. I mean, <laughs> and he said a lot of things, a lot of things, because there, there were some people like I know Savad actually mentioned this today that felt like Dame is all about his first. He don't care about winning any anyway. That's why yeah. he didn't really put up a much of a fight when um Lamarcus Aldridge left because he wanted more shots because Dame is about his numbers. So I in, think in that when I when I hear him say things mean more to me than championships, like what else means more to you? Put up numbers. Nah, he might just mean he's just trying to build something himself. I mean, it, it don't look like it's gonna work. He in a stacked Western Conference, but you know me. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, it's cool. Like I said, I always look at this from two different hats. You know, you look at this from my 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 black businessman hat. Then I'm like, okay, y'all do what y'all do to to control the power and and all of that kind of stuff. More power to you. And then I look at it from like the competitive hat. And from my from my competitive hat, I have you know I lose a little bit of respect for these dudes when they try to bolt their situation to you know team up with other cats and stuff like that. But hey, you know it, it's Yo, it's what it's what the league is doing now, man. It's, We're not gonna it's stop funny, it. It's right? just gonna get stronger. It's funny. I sent a um I sent a link in our chat about the uh the new show that Kevin Durant has on um ESPN Plus. Which is how do you stand drop another whole platform on us? Get a room, um, which is hosted by Jason Wiggs. But um, so I watched his Breakfast Club interview and a couple other interviews on his media circuit, um, promoting the show. And um, you know when someone goes on like the front, they kind of say this thing, and once in the blue, they drop a new bar, new gym or something like that. But anyway, he said in one of those interviews, I can't remember which one it was, that um, he talks to players around the league like on a daily basis. He works with Kevin Durant, who put him as the host of the show. And he said there's like a whole new feeling in the league of business. Like guys are in the locker room now talking about business, mm-hmm. about equity and companies, about ownership. Like the whole paradigm is shifting. And he says that KD and LeBron are thankful for a lot of that because that's what they talk about. And it kind of trickles down. And yeah. he's saying that a lot of these dudes now, when they talk about where they want to play, not that basketball is second. They still want to compete, but it it it, it is like – it's about what's going to make yeah. the business decision so they can start building these brands. And they, you know, they, they're talking about like taking over companies and so on and so forth to the point where 
their negotiations with the league will look a little different next time because players understand business more. Right. And, Jim, that's what I, you know, I fully agree with that. That's why I don't agree with, with the point Survive made earlier about Dame. I think Dame is just still, you know, pure basketball dude. I think those mm-hmm. other dudes are making, you know, I think their, you know, their brand. We talked about this a long time ago. You know, their brand is probably the most important thing. So, the the chase for the championship, they want to make that as easy as possible. So I don't think mm-hmm. you know Dame didn't put up a fight because dude, you know, he wanted more shots. Like you know, probably, you know, Lamarcus ain't helping us do nothing anyway. So go ahead. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a conversation with somebody today, and we were talking about LeBron and the first decision versus this decision and the dude was telling me he thought it was a business decision both times i was like now this one the lakers move i'll give you business decision all day because it seems like it's obvious at this point but there's nobody on earth who's going to convince me that the first decision to go to miami was a business decision that was in my opinion lebron basically giving up because he was being considered the best player well he was moving towards the GOAT conversation, and he knew that he wasn't going to get serious consideration without championships because the Jordan era well, put that kind of pressure guess, on people. I guess it depends upon how you look at it, right? Because I, I, I separate him going to Miami from the quote-unquote decision, right? Because to mm-hmm. me, Miami wasn't the issue. The issue was the way he did it with the decision. Mm-hmm. That whole show when, you know, you go through this whole this whole song and dance, I do think that the tele- the televised part of the decision was a bit was a business move, and I think that him that was and the team learned from move. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt the, like the they bad felt, part they was thought, the business okay. move. <laughs> I felt, they, they felt like we're gonna we're gonna lessen the burden by by trying to raise money for the boys and girls club while we break <laughs> the hearts of the whole city. Wow, like, publicly they, they shit thought, on They thought that was gonna work. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna poop on them, but but we're gonna get some money for boys and girls while we do, it, and that's gonna like lessen the burden of. Of everything, so I think that was, and I think they like learned a lot about like you know um, marketing and and how to like put things out from that point. Exactly. Now, but Jim, let me tell you how you're you're kind of on the point that I was on. I was like, now I think because he ta- he thought it, he said it was a business decision because it was about the players taking power. I'm like, I don't think that's where LeBron's head was then. I think it morphed into that because he realized what he did and what he started then. And players could now, you know, have the power to take control of their own thing. So now he's all about that, and that's his plane. But I don't think the first time he did that, that was the intent. I think it yeah. morphed into I, that yeah. more so, and they it became have, smarter businessmen have, from it. It may have. It may have. I never know. I, I know that. I know that. And again, this is like, what are they supposed to say at that point? But I know that right. when it happened, like when, <laughs> right. that, when Gabby was doing, a, when Gabby was doing point. Gabby that's going to be the narrative. LeBron yeah, decided to met, take the power away. No, like, he I, I, I remember Gabby, I remember Gabby at the time when she was out, like you know, promoting, getting um, throttled on BET. But she was when yeah. they asked her about like Dwayne and LeBron, um, banging Mary she was Jane, going with the narrative. Yeah, even back then she was going with the narrative that like that was their decision together. Like we're going to take the power away. They're not going to tell us where to go. We're going to do what we want to do. Now, but my whole thing is, it's interesting to see how this is going to ha- work moving forward. Because even when I listened to Jay Williams say that, I was like, that's interesting because one thing he said was. Some of the owners are recognizing it too, and um, one of the guests that they had on that show was like Steve Ballmer, and he said he's had conversations with him in terms of how these negotiations will go with the league and what are the owners going to do to combat it because the owners sit in the seat, like you know they want to squeeze as much as possible without giving away a lot, but now the players are recognizing their value, so it's just going to be interesting to see how things progress moving forward 
um, because he was saying it's not the star players now. You have, you know, guys who sit on the bench or whatever, and they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, equity, and they don't want, like, marketing endorsements anymore. Cats want – Cats is recognizing their value. And, you know, it's about time, but it's interesting to see how things are going to be moving forward. What's it going to do for these games, like these games of amusement? How's it going to affect it? Yo, y'all man Beige Mama said that the Celtics are going to win the finals this year. For y'all that don't know, Beige Mama is Jason Tatum. After he won the skills contest on some amazing Golden Boy stuff, he got cocky and started saying that the Celtics are going to win the finals this year. Y'all believe him? Absolutely not. Let's say you're correct. Well, let's say you're correct, Beige Mama. I hope they do, and then they're going to trade you anyway. (laughs) No, because they're going to win it with Anthony Davis next year. But, um, Anyway, um, first of all, Dave, I'm upset with you because I don't see your number on the switchboard no more. I mean, you hijacked the hour of the show and didn't even listen to the rest of the show. So if you're going to hijack an hour, you're going to have to at least support us for the rest of the show. I don't even know where Dave come from. Is that Dave from our <laughs> Facebook? No, that's, not, that's African Dave. No, that's, yeah, it's a different Dave. Um, but, yeah, so, we, we, so, I, so 75% of our topics from the night, we're going to have to throw them back and talk, talk about them at some other point. Um, so but yeah, we we got like is. ten seconds left, man. We gotta get the hell out of here. Oh, hold on, you you telling me how great our how great this country is? You won't even use your real name. You gonna take that recognized Dave name? Your name ain't no Dave. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, world.